Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. On DAB Plus, online, via the Talksport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling on Talksport 2. Welcome to the Talk Wrestling Podcast with me, Alex McCarthy. My man, Will Gavin, is absent this week, but Simon Miller, as you will hear, stepped in valiantly, stepped up, I should say, to the plate. We do a Hell in a Cell review with Trent Seven and Ginny from NXT UK. What a pay-per-view that was with so much going on in the cells, either side of the event. So we're going to delve into that with them. We've also got guests on the show, Grant Holt. Former Premier League striker, did you know he's also been a professional wrestler? Well, you're going to learn more about that tonight here on Talk Wrestling. And we've also got impressionist Al Faran. You might think Brock Lesnar has stopped by on the show as well, but I promise you it is just Al Faran. Without further ado, let me direct you to the Hell in a Cell review. We have NXT UK's finest in Trent Seven. And Ginny, the, uh, the the media conglomerate, I'm going to call them these days, doing their business on the run-in on BT Sport. They're here to break down Hell in a Cell. Guys, how are we? Very, Very well. Thank Very you. well, thank you. Delighted to get you on. I've been digging what you guys have been doing on BT. Thank you very much. Yeah, you, you took to it like a duck to water, both of you. Uh, is that something that you've both wanted to do? Ginny, I'll start with you first. Have you wanted to do this kind of thing for a while? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look over what they're doing stateside with the bump, it's such a great show. And it's nice to sort of have our own thing here in the UK, you know, for for British viewers to watch us and, you know, have a perspective from, you know, the, the wrestling wrestling side of it and to break down and analyze and, you know, throw our predictions out there. It's great fun. It's great fun. Like, you know, hosting with Trent, you know, a fellow wrestler who, you know, worked together for quite a few years. So it's definitely something I personally enjoy. And you love it, don't you, Trent? You love it. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, it's definitely it's it's always been a part of the entertainment industry that are, that that is it was probably the first thing that got me excited about it as a, as a as a kid was watching people like Wogan and uh, and people like that and Jonathan Ross and you know the presentation side of it is perfect, but you know it's 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 luckily bled itself into me working my way into it somehow. Um, and obviously going through professional wrestling and going through the WWE and sports entertainment is is the way that I've taken. But um, yeah, the wrestling career is not done yet, so don't worry. Your jobs are safe, boys. Um, <laughs> for now, for now, I'm only for now this yeah. Part, yeah, I'm only going to be doing this, uh, you know, on the on the on the side for now. I've still got a couple of titles on my that I've got my eyes on. So yeah. Oh, I mean, Simon, you dabble in the ring, so I'm the odd one out, really. You guys have got it all covered. 
Well, I mean, I, I haven't done it, obviously, for obvious reasons. I haven't been in the ring in, what, 16 months? And I actually have my first match in the, in the next few weeks. And I'm probably, well, bad things are going to happen because nothing can prepare you for being in a ring other than being in a ring. So by that point, my, my, you know, I may just vanish and my spot may be there for the taking. But until then, I will continue to do my best. I must say, though, it's amazing, like 10 years ago, to think now we've got shows like The Running and radio shows like this talking about wrestling, man. I, I feel like that's great progress for all concerned. But um, let's get into Hell in a Cell, shall we? Simon, I think chronologically is a good place to start because I was pleasantly surprised with, uh, well, I mean, maybe that does them a bit of a disservice, but I thought Natalia and Mandy Rose was pretty good. I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I think the only reason you probably had those expectations for lack of a better word is because sometimes the pre-show match pops up from nowhere and it's usually the pre-show match is usually quite entertaining and quite fun but more often than not it doesn't actually tie into a story whereas now you know we've got this well this new women's tag team program that we're sort of leaning towards and I just thought it was a nice way to kind of to kind of kick that off and hopefully showed a lot of people because they really stuck to sort of mat based wrestling which I always enjoy like when you get to the technical the technical stuff and the fundamental stuff I always get a kick out of it and it kind of showed a different side to Mandy Rose obviously Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke mostly have been doing the character work now they're going to transition across so yeah I thought it was uh I really enjoyed it for a pre-show match did what it had to do you know, set up for the rest of the show. I don't know what you thought about it, Trent. I mean, did you, were you able to catch the pre-show match? Because that's the other thing. Sometimes people, <laughs> I've done this many a time. I'm like, oh, I forgot about the pre-show. But this uh, this week I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I think to, just to echo your words, it's always nice to uh, to get that kind of, kind of match out of nowhere. You know, something that you didn't expect. Just something to kind of warm you into it. Because Hell in a Cell is a, is a heavy, heavy pay-per-view. Do you know what I mean? I think there was, yeah, three Hell in a Cell matches, right? No, two. Two. We got two. Yeah, two. Sorry, Look two. ended it. Yeah, the other one we bought, they bought forward, right? Yes, oh, yes. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Three is fair. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very heavy pay-per-view. I mean, and as we saw yesterday, the physicality is just next level when it comes to Hell in a Cell. So, as you say, to kind of kick things off with something a little bit more traditional, a little bit more kind of like, you know, within the four walls of the ring, uh, I think it was a, a nice little treat for everyone, a nice little ease into the, uh, into the kind of horrific... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anger and frustration that was unleashed uh, over the course of the next few matches. But yeah. Yeah, Ginny, it's always great to see Natalia doing her thing, right? Like in a straight up singles like that. And Mandy Rose looks like she's making great strides. Oh, absolutely. I have to give it to Mandy Rose as well. Like, I think she's a great performer, but she really held her own in this match as well. She showed, you know, the, the WWE fans a different side to her. You know, not many people actually can keep up technical wrestling wise with Natalia you know Natalia has wrestling in her blood but she done a fantastic job and myself uh, Trent and also Rob um, we touched upon this in um on the run-in a couple of days ago. I always love seeing Natalia in the ring. She is one of the women who has come up in this industry and has always brought it to every single match. And she definitely brought a new side to not only what she can do, you know, as a tag team champion alongside with uh, Tamina, but also as a singles competitor. And she brought the best out of uh, Mandy Rose. So definitely a good, good way to start off, you know, the show. Yeah, I definitely thought it was mission accomplished on all yeah. things there. It, it really served its purpose, that match. And that led us into the first match of the night, being Bailey and Bianca Belair inside Hell in a Cell. Now, I'm going to say it from the jump. I thought it was my, it was my match of the night, uh, personally. Uh, Ginny, I'll start with you again. What did you make 
of what transpired because there was a lot of innovative stuff with the hair and kendo sticks and you know i, I mean women in hell in a cell they've set themselves a ridiculous bar when you look at the matches they've had thus far Absolutely. And I knew for a fact, because if you go back and watch what happened between both Bailey and Bianca at WrestleMania Backlash, you knew there was so much heat, so much animosity between the two of them. And like I said before as well, Bailey wants to be at the top of the mountain. She wants to be walking into the next pay-per-view as the champion. Unfortunately, she's not going to be able to do that unless, you know, a title happens, you know, on SmackDown between now and the next pay-per-view but they both brought it. And like you said as well, you know, the Helena Cell matches that, for example, uh, Charlotte and Sasha had, absolutely incredible match. These two brought it to the table, very intense, very aggressive, very violent. They both wanted that title, ba- uh, Bianca wanting to keep it, Bailey wanting to, to get to the top of the mountain. Fantastic match. I would actually say it's my match of the night, personally. My match of the night, 100%. Listen, Trent, that finish. I, 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 funny enough, we did say this actually on the running. I, I, I'm a little bit lost for for words to describe just what an impact Bianca Blair's had on the main roster. Uh, she's unreal, like she's genuinely unreal. She may well be part alien. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, the, the, it's just such a combination of the the power, the strength, the speed, the agility, the charisma. But now you saw this this kind of vicious little edge coming out as well. Like, there's there's no more superlatives for her. Um, I, I, ju- I just see incredible things, obviously, in the future. And I think everyone sees that. Um, uh, but there was something I want to say, and I've kind of forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> my theory going into this was, obviously I didn't think, you know, you know it wasn't actually advertised as the Hell in a Cell match, right? Yes, it was a really, in my, I, I, I assumed, and the reason why I kind of assumed that um, is because of just how much Bianca Blair's done in such an incredibly short space of time, career-wise. You know, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, beating everyone on the roster, having these incredible standard of matches. I thought it was more of a case of, do you want to put her, do you want to put her inside her head in a cell yet? Or do you want to hold that back? But the world got an absolute treat and they got Bianca Blair and she's just on fire at the minute. Absolutely on fire. Yeah. I don't want to do it like a disservice or anything, Simon, because obviously as everything Trent just said is true, but my word, like having her with Bailey and Sasha Banks for this kind of like inaugural run, like into the title and the first defenses, it's just done her the world of good, right? She's looked amazing. Oh, man. Like, I think we can call Hell in the Cell the last of the pandemic era pay-per-views, right? Because obviously Money in the Bank's going to be in front of fans. And to me, not that you ever need to do this because everybody smashes it. But if someone said, oh, Simon, who's your MVP of this pandemic era? I'd give it to Bailey. I really would. Like, you know, didn't have a bad match. Had all these incredibly good feuds. And actually, in a way, I think it kind of benefited her because she went through this massive character change from like the hugger and uh, everything's great with the weird wiggly things. I got Bailey buddies. (laughs) (laughs) To to being sort of like your crazy off-the-wall aunt who is absolutely going to beat you if you cross her. And that kind of transition takes time. And we know that sometimes fans can go, well, they can be a bit impatient with these things. But I thought she has taken the last year, year and a half, whatever it's been, and is invaluable. And has got to be considered right now one of the best wrestlers 
full stop for me. She has, she, you know, she brings everything to it. And the other thing that these two did that I thought was really impressive is this was our second Hell in a Cell match in three days. We were going to get a third one later. So they were going to have to bring things to it. They didn't sort of wear you out because, you know, law of averages states, you, you know, the first one's probably going to be more exciting than the third one just because you get used to it. And again, yeah. like you already said, the unique elements they brought to it it was. I agree with you and everybody else. Highlight of the night for me. I thought this match was this match was uh, this match was awesome. Although saying that, because we then moved into match number two, which mm. was also just ridiculous because they're two good wrestlers that you could put in any situation in the world and they'd absolutely smash it. You're almost a pro at this, Simon. Tremendous segue into Cesaro and Seth Rollins there. Uh, Yeah, let's get straight into that, right? Because these guys, obviously, we've had WrestleMania and Cesaro got his big victory there. And the feud has been kind of bubbling along nicely with Cesaro flirting with that main event slot. And of course, he did have the title shot and many of us want him to remain around there. Um, I guess, Trent, I'll start with you, man. What did you make of this outing for the two? Like, they can't have a bad match, can they? Uh, right, okay, let's go in. Disappointment, I think, is the the, the, the one thing that I, is the main thing I took from it. Um, and not just for me, you know, not wanting this kind of Cesaro run to keep bubbling and keep growing and growing and, and keeping right, you know, pushing up to, up to the top of the card for those titles. But more so the look on his face at the end. Mm. You know, it did kind of come out of nowhere. It, you, you know, it was a little bit caught short and, you know... <laughs> I, I I thought obviously on the night and I, I don't it's not it's nothing to do with being biased either I, I have such an utmost level of respect for both these guys as competitors but you know I've seen Rollins with titles I've seen him with the massive WrestleMania entrances I've seen him set fire to the road and the ramp and everything I've, I've seen him burn it down I've seen him potentially try and drip it along but you know <laughs> me personally I'm ready for Cesaro. So for me, it was a little bit of a disappointment. You know, I wanted to see Cesaro come out of that strong. But the one thing that, I, you know, I think that we, we, we can take out of it is that, you know, that's pretty much one all. You know, I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of an even, you know, I, I want to see that kind of, I want to see that rubber match happen, you know, and, you know, the sooner the better. And with things like SummerSlam just around the corner, you know, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can get a result to this. But yeah, I'm, I'm pure team Cesaro all the way. Well, I mean, speaking of that, Ginny, money in the bank's around the corner. Cesaro should be sniffing at that. Um, what, do, what did you make of it? And I absolutely, I, I do not believe that this is the end of Cesaro's run around the main event car, uh, main event. He is an absolutely fantastic competitor and he brought it in that match as well. Like you said, those two can't get in the ring and have a bad match. The match was absolutely phenomenal. Second match of the night for me personally, um, it was it was great. Disappointing to see, obviously, Rollins, you know, with the victory, purely because I do not like his suits. <laughs> so I was Team Cesaro because of the fashion. But um, I don't think that you know this is going to affect Cesaro in a bad way. I think he's going to go into Money in um, Money in the Bank win, and you never know when he's going to cash it in. I think there's so many more things that he has got to do, and so many more things that he can hundred percent achieve. It's Alexa Bliss. It's Shayna Baszler. It's one of those that's always going to divide Twitter and wrestling in general. Um, I said this yesterday. I, I'm always kind of open to the outlandish if you're a pro wrestling fan i guess you have to be right i love the undertaker for god's sake but what did you make of alexa bliss and Shayna baser last night because nia Jax was having to do what she was told via <laughs> hypnosis <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad that you mentioned that first bit because i i i 
I need that in my wrestling, right? I need the hocus pocus. I need the nonsense. But it doesn't always mean that it's going to be for me on any given day. But as you said, the Kane Undertaker storyline is one of my favorite ever. So you can't sit here and go, oh, well, I'm all right with lightning bolts coming from people's hands. But <laughs> hypnosis, no, it's not for me. However, you know, it's just you never know what you're going to want from your entertainment, right? And rest, there's so many wrestling programs every single year. You cannot expect a home run every single time. And wherever I am with my wrestling life right now, I much prefer the Alexa Bliss character when she's in the ring wrestling. I think, you know, I prefer that to all the backstage stuff they've been doing. But I will say it was a little bit hard for me to, <laughs> to suspend my disbelief, I'll go with, when you got Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss kind of screaming at each other and poor old Reginald just gets beaten up every single week. So look, I, did, I laughed my way through it. I just don't know whether that's the intention that they were, they were going for. But I'm, honestly, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I am happy that it exists, especially because it does spark such debate uh, online. I have no idea what Alexa Bliss does now. I mean, surely she just uses her, her voodoo powers to go after the championship. That's what I would do. You'd um, think that? Well, I would think that. But no, look, it, it, it wasn't necessarily... Well, I'm kind of torn on it because half of it, I'm like, you know what? It's fun. It's ridiculous. Mother half is like, I'm not 100% sure I'm buying into it as much as maybe they, well, you know, they hoped that I would do. But Ginny, what do you think about it? I mean, I love getting people's opinions. You know, where, where do you fall down? I absolutely loved it. I really, really did. I love all this stuff that Alexa is doing. And for someone like Alexa to get into the head of Shayna Baszler, who ever thought that would ever happen? Like, she's someone that, you know, she she's a legitimate fighter. She's incredible. She's strong. She's a great performer. She ticks all the boxes to, you know, what, what women are within wrestling. She really, really does. But you never see, you never thought you'd see that vulnerable side. So Alexa definitely done something right there. I loved it. I'm glad that Alexa picked up the win. I think if she continues this way, like you said, she's definitely going to go towards that title. And so she should. You know, she's had a fantastic career within WWE and also NXT. So she definitely deserves to be back at the top of the division, 100%. Uh, Trent, what do you think about everything that transpired? Because what I will say is I loved um, Alexa's dialed up aggression inside the ropes. I thought all of that stuff was great. Um, yeah, I think uh, the Alexa Vader character has got some depth. I like it. Um, similar, similar thing though, like, you know, not everything is supposed to be for everyone, but everything can be assumed by most, you know, uh, consumed by everyone. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't, that's fine. Um, like you said, the debate it brings up is obviously really good. It's topical and it, it, it gives professional wrestling and a, a, another, you know, in sports entertainment, another angle to come from. But I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I am. It's like you said, like, you know, the, the, the first ever thing I saw was Blue Blazer coming in, you know, to, to wrestle Mr. Perfect at WrestleMania 5. You know, it was Macho Man Randy Savage. And I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty sure his name wasn't Macho Man. And I don't know how macho he was in person. I've never met him. And I don't know if, as warriors go, he was the ultimate one. But to me, he was. Do you know what I mean? And and I think you've just got to take things on face value and, and take it as the form of entertainment it is. And I was thoroughly entertained. I love it. I like that that kind of thing has got real depth in professional, you know, in sports entertainment. Um, as far as how how far you can go with this and how far you can take it, I'd, I'd be, I'd be opening the door to Vince McMahon's office without touching it. <laughs> I'd be walking into Vince McMahon's office without 
him either seeing me. I'd make him pick up his pen, sign the sign the sign the main event <laughs> SummerSlam contract for the for the women's championship, and then I'd float out. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'll be doing. But um, yeah, I, I want to see where it goes. I want to see where they take it. I want to see them. You know, as much as obviously, you know, within the actual concept of the of the of the feud, I want to see the I want to see the level of intensity turned up and up and up. Just like you said, you know, within you know in the ring, it, it's a different Alexa Bliss, and that's exciting on its own on, on its own merit. Um, but I also want to see how far they take it. I want to see how far they far they kind of uh, push this envelope. But I'm very excited to see what happens with it. It's exciting. Yeah, and I also think like when you think about the quote unquote pandemic era, this was the time to really push boundaries, right? It was Absolutely. the time to get creative. Yeah. And there has been there has been some wild successes over the course of that, be it, you know, the the cinematic matches and some of the characters and whatnot. So there you go. Lots of pluses involved there. Speaking of pluses, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was next. This is much like in the vein of Cesaro and Seth, where it's like, man, you just know it's gonna be good. Uh, Simon, what were your opening thoughts, my friend? It's excellent. Honestly, like I know they did that stipulation years ago that these two could never fight again. I can't remember what year it was now. I'm glad that we reneged on that. And I'm glad that we just went, you know what? That's a stupid idea. Let's let's just ignore that one because they are, you know, they're Batman and the Joker. They're, you know, Superman, Alex Luthor. We can do this all day. They're just tr- the chemistry they have together is tremendous. I've never seen them have a bad match. I thought Sami Zayn getting the win was excellent because a Sami Zayn win is rare because uh, obviously, you know, he usually gets into these kind of shenanigans that he can't get out of. But I will forever be in awe of just the sheer, again, just the chemistry that these two people have. It must be so hard to meet someone that you just link up with on that kind of level that you can just have match, 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 match. And every single one is good. So if they want to do this for the rest of the year and into 2022 and into 2023, <laughs> I'll honestly, I'll, I'll go along with it, uh, it forever. Trent, what did you think about it, man? What were your thoughts? Yeah, when you were coming to Trent, you must have seen a lot of them. They've been fighting for years. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's like you say, it gets to the point where there's just, there's just some people who are not necessarily born to be wrestlers, but you're, you're so happy that they chose this as their, <laughs> as their, chosen, as their chosen form of, uh, of financing their life. Um, <laughs> You know, whether you want to call it a job or not, because it is incredible. It is incredible fun, you know, being able to do it and, and travel the world, you know, very soon again. Um, but these guys have done it. They're, every country, every every continent, every level of the industry, they've just delivered just time after time after time. I mean, it's like you said, like, who who would not want to watch these guys wrestle? You know, the, hopefully there's a, the, there's, there's a part down the line where, you know, they... they they put their quarrels at, at, at rest. I, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for as well. I'd, I'd quite like to see that. Um, but yeah, these just, they're just two guys at the top of the game and they're performing on the top level. Um, and they just deliver time after time after time. Um, but once again, it's a little bit similar to the Cesaro Rollins story in the, as far as the result. You know, does this kind of level things off now? Does this get... You know, Sami Zayn back onto the, you know, that kind, that kind of same level as, as as Kevin Owens now with the kind of like the win losses and stuff. Where do we go from here? Once again, you know, it's just an exciting time to be a professional wrestling fan and to be a fan of of the WWE as well because there's a lot of pro- people, there's a lot of product out there, there's a lot of content out there. But when the content, when the content bell to bell is as good as Sami Zayn and 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 Kevin Owens, you know, you're surely going to be entertained. So yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, the story with Kevin obviously having the the injury from Commander Aziz, they played it so well throughout the whole yeah. entire match. And he has tweeted, I think, saying that he's going to take a little break now. So hopefully they do pick yeah. it back up 
for SummerSlam. But I echo what you say, Trent. I want to see friendship one day. I'm just going to say it. Mustache Mountain, KO, Sami Zayn. I mean, who wouldn't want I mean, I've had a very, I've had a very, very low-key uh, <clears throat> match with, uh, with uh, Kevin Owens in a previous form of professional wrestling, <laughs> uh, which is very, very entertaining. Um, for, the, for, for those diehard independent fans, I'm sure you'll be able to search out something on YouTube. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's all of our goals, you know. You know, I, I hope I speak on behalf of you as well, Ginny, you know. We're, you know, we have such a wonderful pathway now from NXT UK all the way to the main roster. You know, we've seen it very recently with Viper. Uh, we've seen it incredibly with, you know, with Rhea Ripley, you know, main event in WrestleMania, you know, NXT UK women's champion, NXT women's champion, and then Raw champion on WrestleMania. You know, the pathway is becoming more and more clearer for those uh, at our kind of level. And, um, and yeah, let's uh, keep all of them crossed and keep all of them, all of, them, uh, all of the, uh, the goals in sight. And hopefully one day you'll see Mustache Mountain versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on Raw or SmackDown. Ginny, that's a wonderful segue from Trent there, by the way, talking about Rhea Ripley and her accomplishments because her and Charlotte Flair was up next. I would love your thoughts on what transpired there because there was a lot of character development, particularly at the end of this match. Oh, the the brutality in this match, similar to um, Bianca versus Bailey, was brilliant. These two hate each other and I love a good feud. I really, really do. For the ending, you know, I would have liked to have seen Rhea, you know, pin Charlotte, one, two, three. She still walked out as champion though, so you can't take that away from her. You really, really can't. But does that mean that this is the end? No. You think Charlotte Flair's going to let it slide that even though Rhea's still champion, she technically won that match. These two are going to continue with this feud. And I think... I think Charlotte's definitely going to take that title back. Uh, I do. I do. She she calls herself the queen of WWE. And as the queen of NXT UK, I have so much respect. I really, really do. These two, they up their game. The next match, I think they're going to pull out all the stops. But Rhea is fantastic. And just like what you said as well, Trent, it is so nice to see an NXT UK alumni go from NXT UK to NXT to, to main roster, you know, raw champion. She has done so, so much, just like Bianca in such a short amount of time. She's absolutely fantastic. But I would love to see Charlotte as the champion once again. I really would. Ooh, I mean, It's not going to be an easy fight, let's just say that. Rhea is not going to let that title just slip out of her hands. I mean, she was close. And then Rhea seemingly got disqualified last night. Uh, and Charlotte was seen saying, you're learning. And Rhea said, I only did what you would have done. Very interesting development, I felt, out of the characters. But with time pressing, Simon Miller, we're on to the main event. I want everyone to get their say on the main event because it was Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre going 25 minutes in Hell in a Cell. Man, it looked nasty. (laughs) I can't say (laughs) any other way. It looked brutal. I know that's what Hell in a Cell is meant to be, but you know when you're watching it and you're like, oh, my word, like that that quote-unquote bump looks terrible. There was a lot of those. Um, What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought, like, again, if anyone hasn't seen it and you're not going to be able to catch up, just go and find Drew McIntyre's uh, social media post of his back that looks like some kind of map that somebody has drawn. There's so many red lines. It is... I think sometimes we can, because we're so used to Hell in a Cell now, I think sometimes we can watch these matches and forget what we're actually seeing. Like, the sheer 
anger and violence and aggression was nuts. And again, I give them even more props because it was the third one we'd seen in three days. It's really hard to keep up that level of intensity. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I just thought it was well put together. It, it kind of, I always assumed that Bobby Lashley would get the win because I just think it makes more sense for what you want to do next. And it allows, I think it gives Drew McIntyre more freedom, as bizarre as that, you know, that sounds because there's a bunch of feuds that I want to see him in, a bunch of feuds that I want to see Bobby Lashley in. But as a way to kind of rubber stamp this pandemic era, which Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley in 2021 have been such an important part of, yeah. I, I thought it was great. One of my favorite Hell in a Cell matches in a long time. And I think Trent agrees. I heard, I heard a yep in there. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. You, you actually you touched on this earlier regarding Bailey uh, and the you know just the amount of work that she's done to kind of kind of pad out her her entire character. You know, we've we've seen such diff- we've seen people really really tap into you know different sides and different characteristics of their of their personas and stuff, and and brand new personas on top of that. Um, so the pandemic era has been incredibly hard, especially as a, you know for a live entertainment industry like ourselves. But you know we have to be. We have to be, you know, confident and looking to the future and, and knowing full well that, you know, everything looks like things are going very, very swimmingly for, for Vegas. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think we, we touched on this um, uh, on a, a few episodes ago of The Running, where I actually said that I think Drew McIntyre is the MVP as far as I'm concerned for the, for the pandemic era. Um, because, and, and this, is, this is talking from a, a performance perspective, it's hard. It's hard to think of it, about it like this, but you know, I'm, I'm just going to spit it out there for everyone and for all the listeners as well. That Helena Cell match last night was still in front of no people. Now, the motivation and slash hatred you must have for someone to be able to go out there in a Helena Cell with no one there, with not one live fan in the audience and perform at that level, and perform at that level of brutality, and perform at that level of selflessness for your body is absolutely incredible. There's, there's, no, there's, no, more, there's no more, you, you know, that I can really say about it. The, 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 the level of professionalism that they brought, the level of aggression that they brought, you, you, you just can't knock these two. You really can't. They hacked ab- literal lumps out of each other, as in there are pieces of skin wedged between the sections of the kendo sticks and, and, and in, the, in, the, in the cell, like, it's gross. But, you know, that just goes to show what this feud means for Drew McIntyre, what it means for Bobby Lashley, uh, and, and obviously what it means for the fans watching at home looking forward. Yeah, I love what you said there as well. I remember speaking to Kofi after Mania 36. You remember they had the ladder match there, the freeway, yeah. and again in front of nobody, and he was just like, it hurts, right? Like, it's hard to drive yourself. <laughs> it hurts, it hurts 100,000 times more when there's no one to look at and go. <laughs> <laughs> when there's no, and there's no kid in the front row to kind of reach out to and, and tell him just how much that did hurt. Mm. You know, and just, and just how battered you are. You know, ha- having that automatic interaction, that automatic response from, from, from the fans at ringside means so much more. And it gives you that extra little bit of edge to get up that little bit quicker and get on with it. And yesterday they did that with no one there. And that's just incredible. Ginny, I think uh, it's a tremendous, as partisan as I am to Drew McIntyre, I do think it's amazing that Bobby is finally getting the run that he, I'm going to say that he deserved in in the main event with a world title. It was a long time coming in many eyes. And this was another great showcase for him. Um, Could be possibly moving on to 
other things at SummerSlam. I know Brock Lesnar stays on people's lips, but what do you think about Bobby Lashley and, and the match last night? 16 years it actually took him to get to this point. 16 years. I mean, the dedication, the passion, the determination he has, you know, to it's not easy to go in and perform at such a top level night in, night out. Yet, you know, just like Trent said, they do. And that match as well is absolutely brutal. But that's how much, you know, being the champion means to them. And it is so nice to see him, you know, finally at the top of the division holding that title. Do I think he would have walked out as champion if he didn't have MVP there? No, I really, really don't. I think Drew had that match won. And it's such a shame as well, especially with the stipulation of if Drew gets, if uh, Bobby beats Drew, that he he can no longer challenge for the title whilst Lashley has it. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit controversial. It wasn't really a strong win. And, you know, the interference of MVP, it is such a shame to see, you know, that Drew can't go after it. But like you said, Bobby has got so many more feuds. There are going to be definitely so many more people coming after him to take that title. And I'm just going to put it out there, just like you said as well, Alex, I'd love to see Bobby versus Brock Lesnar. I think that would be a very good match. Uh, so, so just to add to that as well, yeah. if Drew wants to take, you know, a little bit of, a, you know, take his foot off the gas a little bit, have a little bit of a rest, and then, you know, once again, jump on a plane, come on over, NXT oh. UK will happily, happily just give him that nice little, comforting blanket of uh what's the of giving that taste of, uh, of wrestling that you know he's been missing so much because he got absolutely pummeled and in fairness so did bobby lashley so you know if you wanted to take your foot off the gas pop on over to nxt uk we'll look after you or oh, i don't know i don't know if walter and Ilya and that will look after him i'm, I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I was just about to say a couple of episodes ago on the running as well, you were saying, Trent, you know, would love to see um, Drew versus Walter. That would be a fantastic match. So yeah, I'd prefer to see Drew versus me, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> I want to see Drew versus Walter first. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Welcome back to the Talk Wrestling Podcast on the Fight Night feed with Talk Sport. You just heard the Hell in a Cell review with NXT UK stars Trent Seven and Ginny. Big thanks to them. But next up is Grant Holt, former Premier League striker, a legend around the parts of Nottingham Forest and Norwich. And of course, you're about to learn a lot about his pro wrestling journey. Former Premier League striker and, yeah, dare I say, a legend among many clubs. Grant Holt, how are you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm really good. Really, really good. I'm legends a bit loose, I think, but no, I'm not too bad actually. Uh, I've I've not got too... friends that are Norwich fans. They're very fond of you. Yeah, no, I was lucky. I said when you've had that many clubs, someone's gonna like you, so you've got to do <laughs> somewhere. No. Yeah, I'm very very lucky. I was uh, I said it it was um good journey. Good journey. Well, I mean, speaking of journeys, one of the things that really uh, caught my eye at the tail end of your career was your move into wrestling. I'm sure there was a lot of people that were like, whoa, hang on a minute, Grant Holt in wrestling. Um, I understand, obviously, you've been a fan of it for a long time. So we'll get into, you know, that journey with, uh, I think, I believe it was the Norfolk-based AWA, right? The Knight family and that good stuff. Um, talk to me then about, as a kid, is that when it all started for you? WWE fan? What was it? Yeah, I think it was, I think... When I was a kid, it was all about big giant airstacks, big daddy rolling into town on a, every other week, and you went down there and watched it on a Saturday, um, and you kind of watched it. it. Was something to do when we enjoyed it. the crowd was good, the atmosphere was really really good, and then obviously from there it was kind of we were probably my era was when WWE had started really taking off on the telly and obviously Undertaker and Warrior Hulk Hogan and that kind of era. I was I was fortunate enough that that was the era that I was in. So I just loved it, loved everything about it. I said, you're growing up, you, as you get older, you get the premise of it, you know what it's like and, and you see it. Um, and I just, it's just one of the things that I just always enjoyed. I, I, did, I didn't really know much about it in terms of what it entailed and how hard it was. Yeah. Um, you knew they were putting on, doing stuff, watching it in amazement, thinking how were they doing that um, and how did they make it look so easy? When I stepped into the ropes, when I, when I got asked to do it, I was even more amazed at how hard it was and how easy to make it look. Because anyone that's done it, it'll really let, let you know that it's really, really damn hard to, to get in there to do some of the stuff that they do. Even simple stuff, trying to close lines of stuff and, and get hit with one and trying to take it where it doesn't hurt and stuff like that and try and make sure you land properly and the finer details are the biggest thing that are hardest to learn. Um, you think the hardest thing to learn would be a, from somersault off the top row, but that's pretty easy compared to some of the stuff. Um, but no, it was, it was just kind of, yeah, that was it, watching it growing up, watching it as well. As I said, as you get older, kind of, um, your time's less, you're busy and you kind of lose touch with it a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, I got um, I got approached by the WAW. Um, we were doing a charity event here and asked me if uh, I'd be interested in going in it and doing a little bit of a um, a little bit of swan song at the end, join in. And um, I said, I basically, I said, basically said yes, because that's the kind of guy I am. But I, if someone gives a challenge, I'll just do it. Yeah. I was like, well, it's a charity, so why not go and do it? And that's basically how it started. It was all, all because they wanted me to do a charity. And basically what happened was the day that they'd um, said we could do it, I can now do it. Because um, I because I had stuff on at work and I was still playing and I couldn't really do it, so I said to them, "Look, I'm going to have to cancel," which is not very like me. 
So I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Next year, I'm definitely retiring. So if you put on another show, I'll do it. And yeah, and that was it, basically. I retired a little bit earlier than I thought, and, and that was it. I was in. Because you ended up winning a battle royal, right? Like, um, I think some of us thought it might be the start of a proper run or something. Did you ever think, oh, well, coming straight out of play and I might just get into this? Yeah, well, I, I do. I did enjoy it. So we, we, it started off where I'll just do it. Then it started off, well, if I'm going to do a show, why don't I do it properly for the year and start building up to the show? So when I, what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to be a person that just stands on the side of the ropes, comes in, gives someone a slap and then lie down and pin them. Now, that was something I didn't want to be. If I want to do it, I want to do it properly. So I want to know holds, I want to know ins and outs, I want to know how you do it, I want to know how to hit this, what can I be, how do you do that? Um, I wanted to do it properly. I wanted to give it give it the the, the dessert, the, the kind of, I don't know, like the true thing of what wrestling is, try and show people, look, I can, if you really want to do it, and kids like me when I was younger, if I didn't know what I'd known, now that there was t- people done it in the background and you could learn wrestling when you was a kid, I'd have been all over it. Um, but it just wasn't there where, where I was. Um, so, yeah, that was basically it. So that's how it started. I ended up getting more involved. So, well, if I'm going to do a big show, why don't I try and get as big as I can? I spoke to Norwich City, which I'm lucky enough to have a good relationship. I said, look, this is what I'm thinking. thought they'd laugh me out of the room. And because Big, big Ben Tunnel... He's a massive wrestling fan. He's like, absolutely, let's try and do it. Um, so, when, yeah, so it kind of went from being this show that I was going to go in to end up, like, picking Billy Gunn up from the airport and looking next to him. He's falling asleep next to me in the car and he's got a big WWE Hall of Fame ring on his hand, which was just, like, mind-blowing. Um, <clears throat> I've been very fortunate to be meet quite a lot of people, but it was just a... A bizarre moment when I'm driving down the motorway. I've just picked Billy Gunn, one of my idols from younger in that that era, and he's lying in my car with a WWE Hall of Fame <laughs> ring in his thing. So <laughs> it was just like, oh my god! And um, he's yeah. massive as well, isn't he, Billy Gunn? Oh, he's absolutely massive. You don't think That's it, like, but he is. Yeah, I don't think people realise like his hand was like because I've got big hands, but his hand was absolutely massive. But what a great guy! Mm. Absolutely great guy. Um, and that was it. So we had this show. So I ended up going from being a little show to end up having 4,000 fans at Carrow Road. I think it's one of the biggest independent records in the UK for, for an event. And it was absolutely brilliant. And I absolutely loved it. Um, and yeah, and that was basically, yeah. But I've been asked to do loads since. Loads of people asked me to kind of do stuff. And obviously with, like everyone, wrestling, struggling big style in the UK yeah. with obviously, uh, the lockdown stuff. And that kind of curtailed it quite a bit. Obviously, I was doing... I've done a few events with obviously Anthony Gogo, who's now in AEW. Um, and it was kind of a lot of more, I've been asked to do a lot more stuff. And it was just the fact of COVID and stuff. I just haven't got time to really give it that 100%. So I'll be back in at some point. I said, it'd be more so, it'd be more so charity events, I think, now trying to go in and raise money for around Norfolk or wherever that is. Because why wouldn't you? That's what I mean. Yeah. As well. Why wouldn't you do it? I, I, I never understand why people say no to like charity stuff. If it's a case you're going in and looking silly or whatever you want to be and do it, why would you not do it? As long yeah. as it's going to make people money, what what difference does it matter? What's there to lose, mate? There's nothing to lose. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Gogo's doing great as well, by the way. Yeah, he's doing really well. And he's another one. Like, 
when, when he started doing the wrestling with WAW, he he was like, I need, I want to know the ins and outs. The first one he came in was just a hit. Then he learned a little bit more. Then he was in the ring with uh, Ricky Knight, who's fantastic. Um, who'll probably be the next one who's probably going to go down the WWE uh, route because he's that good. So yeah. maybe the next one I would have thought out of, out of that crop. Um, and Anthony was another one. Just wanted to work, work hard, do the right things, make sure he could do it justice. And uh, fair play to him. He's in there now and he's, he's absolutely smashing it, literally. In the, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so is that what, is it the Knight family, the guys that trained you then? Yeah, so the Knights, yeah, so they were the they were the guys that came up to me, Roy, and I knew obviously Roy a little bit um, through football and being locally, and then obviously he was the one that approached me uh, with um, Rob Butler, who's so Rob Butler does the refereeing here, where he's like um, one of the radios, the BBC Norfolk radio people for the football. So between the whole combination, it was them, and then obviously I trained with Ricky, Roy, and um, the dad and Saraya and the whole clan and. Zach and stuff, and then obviously, um, yeah, and that and that was it. So, but it just cut the COVID just killed everything really. Yeah. We got we got the men my fight there. There was a real big balance of it. Um, their shows were up. There was more people going in. And then obviously, you can't you can't fight against a global pandemic. You're never going to win. Mm. Yeah, um, and you you mentioned Billy Gunn as well. Um, but there's a host of guys that come through the nights in their territory, like Mick Foley as well. Like, did you have the pleasure of meeting some other legends? Yeah, I met I met Mick. Obviously, I met Soraya when she was over. Yeah. Um, we, we yeah we got we got quite a few in went over for the show, so it was good. I say I, I've got a real appreciation for how hard they work, especially the indie scene and in England, how hard they work. And I followed Ricky for two weeks, gone a few different shows and in and out and round. And you think the amount of hours they put in for not a lot of lot a lot of money um, is it, phenomenal, and you see them. And it's great when you go and watch them and stuff. I go down to Yarmouth when they do their shows on at the down there at the caravan site and stuff. They're absolutely brilliant. It's still it's still one of the best things you can see to go and see a wrestling show at one of the one of the caravan sites because it's just brilliant the way they do it. Um, completely different from the mainstream. All much about getting uh, crowd interaction and stuff like that, but they're absolutely great. I said the the people fantastic the way the way the detail the, the brilliant every one of them you watch them wrestling it's just phenomenal to watch welcome back to the talk wrestling podcast alex mccarthy here coming to you from the fight night feed on Talksport. we've had a great show here with the helena cell review with nxt uk stars trent seven and Ginny. make sure to check out what they thought about last night's pay-per-view we've also had grant holt on the show former premier league striker turned wrestler in his in his spare time i'll say but now we've got al Faran, uh, world-renowned impressionist conor mcgregor specialist uh, and he's got a special brock lester for us coming up next here on talk wrestling Oh, I'm delighted to finally get you on the show, man. I've been a big fan for a long time. Ah, oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, ah, oh, listen, it's all a bit—it's all a bit of fun and games and what I do, you know. <laughs> I got to say, Simon, uh, I'm going to tell a very small story, and Al won't know this because I've never told him, and he might not remember. But I <laughs> first met Al at a Floyd Mayweather who was in Birmingham, right? And I was working for Give Me Sport at the time. And we were like Facebook streaming, I believe, Facebook Live, the whole Floyd Mayweather Q&A. And then Al popped up as Conor McGregor <laughs> right before they were about to fight. It was so, so good. You must have been pinching yourself, Al. Uh, oh, my, well, that that was a crazy moment. I remember that now, Alex, yes. Because yeah. um, I remember giving me sport were there and they were, uh, li- it was live streamed, wasn't it? 
Yes, yeah. It's yeah. there in infamy forever. And I remember, because I went on stage maybe an hour and a half before Floyd was, 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 uh, was to go on. And um, I remember his, his, I think, a few of his... Um, 50 strong entourage had heard my Conor McGregor impression and they kind of reported it back to him and then he uh, he, he basically told the promoter that, that I was to get involved in the Q&A at the end of the show and I remember I had like I, I was an hour window to think of what I was going to do with Floyd Mayweather on stage <laughs> and uh, yeah it, it was it was a pinch me moment and um I'd like to say I was a part of the build-up in the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight in 2017. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying you were si- Simon. You're booked. Too, by, yeah. You're booked by me. He's booked by Floyd Mayweather. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he wins. I think he absolutely wins. I mean, that is, again, I I remember when that was all going on, and I was just watching from afar. Like this is again. I said it before before we started like chatting you. Like it's just such a surreal existence that you have. And I'm massively <laughs> enviable of it because I just think it's so cool. Because I honestly, I, I, I am floored by any impressionist because it's one of those things that everybody would love to do. But the fact you're able to do it so well and create all of these kind of scenarios that sound like you've made them up is absolutely tremendous. <laughs> uh, thank you, mate. It, it, and that's that's kind of the, the secret ingredient to it. It's putting these kind of, you could say, characters in the most obscure situations you know, and, and that's kind of what I suppose that what that's what's appealing, you know. Um, and I know I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it very much. Like I have a two year old now and I'm learning all of the Peppa Pig characters and, and all of the Pixar <laughs> characters. And that's really fun. That's really fun. I have to say I'm, I'm trying to cater to a brand new audience. <laughs> Peppa Pig's the biggest hero in the game, Al. <laughs> oh, big time. I think she's a spoiled brat, though. I think she's a little bit spoiled. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she's she, not she nice gets to bad heat. <laughs> she, gets, she gets heat in my household, I'll tell you that. Um, you, you just mentioned there as well, you're Conor McGregor, man. Uh, you know, you were saying before you come on air, uh, that could be a way for you to get in WWE one day, right? Uh, it could. It, it, it could. I mean, um, you know, I, I've, I've, if he was, as I said, if he was to ever appear. You know, if he was ever be involved in a WrestleMania build-up, which I think I think it's inevitable in the future. Like, you know, it has to happen. Um, I mean, bring me in Monday Night Raw, whoever he's facing. You know, I, I come out as the uh, the Gilbert version of Conor McGregor <laughs> and confront his opponent and take a few bumps. I mean, that that'd be me. But you know, I'd happily retire after that. <laughs> but what, what so does that mean, so though? I mean, you. Sorry, go on, man. No, I was about to say, I was literally just about to throw to you. You go for it. Well, I was going to say, like, if you're going to play the, the Gilberg role, that, you know, we have to go with the, the stereotypical storyline that WWE goes with. It means that Conor McGregor gets to destroy you at some point. <laughs> Which, I, I've, seen, I've seen your interactions with Conor on Twitter, man. He may actually just go, screw it, I'm going in. <laughs> Possibly, and I think that might happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they were to stretch my appearances out to from a Raw to WrestleMania, my God, I'd be delighted. <laughs> I'd buy it. I, I'd buy. I'd pay yeah. for that match. I truly, truly would. Al, I, I thought I saw a Stone Cold Steve Austin up your sleeve. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I may as well give that an L. You know, you may as well bring down the line. I may as well tell them on my podcast. 
You know, I haven't gone back there in a while. But hell, man, man, we were shoot, we were shooting some of the breeze, and we were talking about some of the some of the hunting places out there in Nevada. And that's an incredible place, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you said shooting the breeze, that was oh my god, dead on. Oh my word. <laughs> I always, I always, because he always talks about Ray Mysterio. Was, man, I had a little Ray Mysterio on the podcast last week. I mean, he's a cool cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he absolutely does what you said as well. I can't do it, but. Steve Austin's always like, yeah, and then, and then I got in this truck and I went up hunting and it's always like, <laughs> he's just got a million stories of what he's doing around his ranch before he actually gets to what he's I mean, talking I about. I love how he goes into like an incisive detail about the new engine in his 1995 <laughs> pickup truck. You know, I think it's so fascinating. <laughs> Al, is uh, Stone Cold's era around when you got into wrestling? Was it before? Yeah. Talk to me about your where the love started, man. Yeah, the, the love started for me in 1998. So that was, I mean, the glory days, um, oh, yeah. Attitude Era. I tuned in. I remember it being on Sky Sports. Uh, I mean, I think the beauty of it was back then, lads, was, you know, we didn't know, you know, what happened after Monday Night Raw. We had to wait a couple of days. We didn't have the internet. So we'd wait until Friday at 10 o'clock to tune in to actually know what happened. You know, you'd actively, actively, you'd have to go on to www.com on your, on your Windows 95 computer. But <laughs> I remember as a kid, I'd have to wait until Friday, and it was just the longest wait ever, but it was amazing. You know, watching Raw on a Friday night in Sky Sports, and then Smackdown the next morning, which was a year later in 99. Um, it was just, you know, listen, we, 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 I think we over-talk about it a little bit, but it was just an unbelievable time to be a wrestling fan, you know? It really was. Yeah, it really was the best as well. I mean, the fact that here we are in 2021 and, you know, I'm sure you can do yeah. a, a plethora of different impressions, but you do Stone Cold and we all go, yeah, Stone Cold. <laughs> you know, all these, yeah. all these, this layer kind of, kind of sums it up. But um, I, I get that everybody always asks this question, but I am intrigued. Like, when you sit down to try and mimic Stone Cold Steve Austin, where do you even begin with that? Like, because I, I always notice the impression is where they start doing the impression, their face almost molds to the person that they are, you know, sort of doing. Of. Do you start with facial expressions or is it something else entirely? That, um, that, that's funny because that kind of, the facial expressions come naturally with the voice. And that is so, it's such a weird process. We, you don't even realize it when you're doing it, but you're actually... You know, your, the facial expressions are just, you know, coming naturally with kind of trying to, to learn the voice and find the inflections in, in the impressions. So it is, it's a strange old thing. I've never actually had to, you know, impersonate a celebrity and think about kind of a process of uh, step one voice and step two uh, facial expressions. It's always just kind of come naturally. It's funny you say that as well, because your De Niro is dead on in, in inflection and face. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the first. That was one of the first, De Niro. You know, I, but De Niro's kind of, you know, I can talk to you like this. And, you know, he uh, there's not much to the voice. You know, he's kind of very much like that. You know, the older Robert De Niro, the kind of, uh, you know, the mature Robert De Niro. And maybe not the Robert De Niro from, from maybe the, the, Europe, the, the 80s and the 90s would talk like that. You know, it's it's kind of very... It's very neutral, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Simon, I'm fascinated in terms of wrestling or wrestlers here. Are there any that you've tried, uh, Al, or any that you've got on your list to do that you would like to get in your back pocket? 
Um, I who did I try? I tried Brock Lesnar. Wow. Um, <laughs> I did not expect years that. Ago. That's the last one I was expecting. But you know, when I'm talking like Brock, I'm I'm talking like this. And if they're asking me to come back, I keep getting a call from Vince McMahon. I keep, I tell him, tell me when the crawl's back. That's all I'm telling him. And I'll come in. He really does speak with that inflection, doesn't he? Like every <laughs> at the end of every sentence. Oh. Surely there's a market for you, Al, just to kind of learn as like the the current crop of wrestlers, then just do promo offs. Surely you could have a patron and a crowdfunding project just when you cut promos in the most random and bizarre way. Yeah, yeah it's it's see with, with wrestling it's 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 a strange one to try and I suppose it, like they're they're all kind of I suppose caricatures of themselves of themselves. So you're trying to kind of find a a way in in kind of turning that into a kind of a, a parody in a sense. So it is a, a, a little bit hard because they are they are on screen characters. But um, as, as you said, like when I do Stone Cold, I'm doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin, the podcast host, not the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin 316, you know, Texas Rattlesnake character. But um, I mean, I look at Roman Reigns now. I, I, don't, I can't do Roman, but maybe some of his videos where he's on the treadmill. I think he posts it every Monday or I post it every weekend about how he, about like this, this update in the week, something like that I could do, you know but turn it into a parody in a sense. You must have a Vincent Mann, you're fired. You must have one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love a Vince kind of, here. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has a Vince. Everybody has a Vince stored away somewhere, which is weird because it doesn't make any sense. Why in what other industry would you sort of hold the CEO or the owner in such sort of great lights? You think, Oh, we better do impressions of him. Like no one's, no one's doing impressions of the, of the owner of the premier league. Are they like, no one cares. No. <laughs> no. but that's the thing Vince McMahon he's one of a kind so you know you, it, to impersonate everybody he just has that kind of voice where it's 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 easy enough to impersonate you know the character of Mr. McMahon there there are some like uh, wrestlers that are just lend themselves to impressions though like I guess the the famous ones Simon you'll know what I'm talking about like Macho Man right like Ooh, yeah yeah like you know like everyone yeah. everyone does Macho Man um there, there's a few different ones I think where uh you know like like Simon said I never would have thought you were learning to do Brock Lesnar <laughs> <laughs> I love how left field that is I know it's so straight like it, it, you can like I I impersonate a lot of actors and I mean one of my new impressions with actors is Woody Harrelson you know so mm. you know when I'm when I'm doing Woody I talk like that and it's very <laughs> you know it's a process and I mean he plays the villain in plenty of movies and all that so it, that's kind of a comparison to me doing the Brock Lesnar, you know. <laughs> People will jump to doing Matthew McConaughey as an impression, but, you know, they wouldn't jump to doing a Woody Harrelson. <laughs> That's genius. Do you, ever, do you ever sort of forget who you are, Al? Because you just do other people's <laughs> impressions. So much. Like, I, it's like Christian Bale, right? Christian Bale has lost his accent. Christian Bale is American, then yeah. he's English, and then he's something else. Do you ever just think, oh, no, I cannot stop talking like, I don't know, you know, Conor McGregor or whoever? <laughs> oh, I do. I, I, get, I get lost in the character when I'm 
uh, performing live. Like I really, I mean, I, I, when I do Joe Pesci, I mean, it's it's game over. I, I become a completely different person. I become a psychopath, you know, and the crowd loves that. That's the beauty of that impression. The crowd loves that. They lap it up to me acting like a psychopath for, for about two or three minutes. They love that. So, yeah, you do. You kind of, when, you, when you're performing live, yeah, you definitely get lost in it. Like, you, you, I, I, I don't really... I, I'm switched on you know Al, Al is kind of gone for those 30 to 45 minutes when I'm performing Al it's been absolutely wonderful to have you here on Talk Resting my friend I hope we can do it again one day soon oh, now that things are opening up man now that things are opening up are we are we going to see you out and about doing bits yeah yeah I mean a couple of gigs coming up I mean there's a few Josh Taylor um the Scottish boxer, he's doing a couple of sportsman dinners in Scotland at the end of August. So that's where you'll see me. I'm doing, it's in Glasgow and Edinburgh, two shows. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Things are opening up again. And, you know, as a wrestling fan, I'm, I'm looking forward to the 16th, 16th of July. Am I correct in saying that? That's when the, the first, yep, first so, yep. live crowd. Yeah, I think it'll be a special show. And, you know, as much I mean, listen, I'm I, I've I've watched the product for over twenty years now, and yeah, I do complain the odd time about it, but uh, I think it'll be a great show on the sixteenth of July when they have the, the the fans back in. You know, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to load up. I think Simon and I think I speak for Simon and I when I say hopefully we can catch you at a show soon, my man. Oh man, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Hopefully, and hopefully you catch me at WrestleMania in Dallas next year. I'm looking at going. <laughs> Oh wow! I mean, that's all. That's all I needed, Simon. There you go. I'm thinking of a live show already. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna come and just shout out wrestlers' names and make you do impromptu <laughs> yeah. wrestler impressions. No yeah. problem. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Al. Thank you so much for your time today, man. Thank you for joining Talk Wrestling. Pleasure, lads. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to our guest tonight, Al Faran, Grant Holt, Ginny. Trent Seven all stopping by the Talk Wrestling Podcast on the Fight Night feed. You can find us there every single week in the middle of the week after the shows that are on Mondays on Talk Sport 2. Make sure you stop by with us on Monday evenings to get all of your wrestling news and interviews. I've been Alex McCarthy. Will Gavin will be back next week as well. Thank you for joining us here on the Talk Wrestling Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.